an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, world government, world religion, precursors to the mark of the beast, and many other prophecies all in the headlines. We'll analyze these events while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And I want to tell everybody thank you for your patience in dealing with us here at End Time. We are going through some transition. Uh, They are doing construction to the entire back half of our building, redoing our studio. The old set's gone. We've got this giant 40-foot LED screen behind me. Uh, what you're seeing right now, those of you that are watching are on, the, um, on our live stream, you're just seeing a small portion of this LED screen that's behind us. And so a lot of things are happening from now until first part of the year when we launch uh, the, uh, the um, new programming. There's going to be some transition. The guys had to test everything, and so we decided to go away and do it. Go ahead and do away with the old set and bring out the news so they could test it and get everything working. Um, today is the first time I've been able to do an open line in a couple weeks now. And so thank you very much for your patience. But I think you're going to be, it's going to be well worth the wait. You're really going to enjoy the new programming, the new segmentations of the programs, the new formats. Um, and we're going to launch all that the first part of January. So thank you very much for uh, having patience with us. Now, I am going to get to your calls here in just a moment, but I've got so many articles here that I wanted to go through, and we'll we'll probably have to do them next week, but I just wanted to give you the headlines of many of these articles, uh, and then we'll go to the calls. I will be taking the calls today. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. I do have some lines open if you'd like to call. But listen at some of these, the headlines to some of these articles that are in the news and how they deal with Bible prophecy. I heard a a statement the other day that somebody made that, well, these Christian uh, evangelicals, they're always trying to say what's going on in the news today that has to do with Bible prophecy. And they were almost kind of making light of it. But the thing is, that's absolutely the case. If you understand the prophecies of the Bible and you look at the news, you understand that Doug and Vince and I, we only come, I can only come on the air with so much content. And we don't have near enough time to go through everything that's going on in the news. We can only pick a few select articles and that's all we have time to cover. Of course, we do it in our television program and our magazine and, and, uh, we put up a lot of it on end of, the, end of the Age Plus and things, but I just wanted to read you the headlines of some of these, and then we'll get to some calls. But 
when you're thinking about a future peace agreement with the Israelis and Palestinians, a lot of people say that's impossible. But the European Parliament, the headline for the article reads, Israel and Palestine, the members of Parliament call for a European peace initiative. The Jerusalem Post said that the Israel-Saudi Arabia peace can solve the Palestinian conflict, Netanyahu has said. So we know that the Abraham Accords, he's hoping to get Saudi Arabia on board with the Abraham Accords, and he said if we can do that, that would potentially lead to a Palestinian-Israeli peace agreement, which is what we have speculated for some time now, uh, having watched what has happened since the Abraham Accords were signed. The Abraham Accords were not the peace agreement, the prophesied peace agreement, that leads to the final seven years, or that begins the final seven years, but the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement that has all of the biblical characteristics to it, will be the one. So we're watching that very closely. But these are just headlines in the news. The the Israeli-Palestinian peace issue is never off the table. It's always on the minds of the international community. Also, the Fox News, they have an article. The United Methodist Church body elects an openly gay bishop in violation of its rules. The inmates are running the asylum. The United Methodist Church, their book of discipline, forbids ordaining self-avowed practicing homosexuals. The Daily Citizen, the United Methodist leader demonstrates LGBT uh, takeover is the new fundamentalism. And CBS Colorado, Joe Biden signs into law the same-sex marriage bill. It's called the Respect for Marriage Act, believe it or not. The Capstone Report, and this is a result of an old uh, or of a uh, interview I saw with Charlie Kirk. The Capstone Report said that Rick Warren promoted churches to fight a pandemic, or to be the voice for, at the World Economic Forum back in 2008. In the interview, he actually said that he was a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. You can watch the video. CNS News reported that uh, of a God's world order rather than a new world order. Zero hedge. We are about to witness a major move towards a cashless society. Financial Post. BlackRock and State Street are grilled by Texas lawmakers on the ESG debate, environmental, environment, social, and governance. Uh, and basically, they're trying to implement a social credit score on businesses here in the United States. Town Hall. The ESG advocates have unhinged priorities. And it's really soft socialism is what they're pushing here in the United States. And then um, the Daily Caller finally had an article, the central bank digital currencies are unnecessary and a potential vehicle to government social control. Now, those are just the ones that I picked for today's program. I've had tons of them that I went through today. And so should we be able to get to some of these and run out of calls? We'll get to some of these. If not, we'll probably have to take it up Monday. But I want to get straight to the calls right now. Uh, there's so much going on in the news, so much prophecy. And, well, now let me do this. We're coming up to a break. I don't want to cut the caller off. So callers will get to you right after the break. Again, I've got a few lines open. The number to reach me, one 363 8463 We've got some, uh, looks like some great questions coming up. So we'll get to that um, immediately after the break. But again, I do want to say thank you for your patience. We have a huge transition going on here in End Time as far as our studio and the programs and a potential, well, and a new network that will be going on and a huge internet presence. A lot of things are going to happen. 
It's going to be awesome. I think you guys will love it. And, uh, but there's a little transition here, so thank you for having patience with us uh, as in the construction phase of all of this. Uh, it's going to be a huge upgrade for End Time Ministries. God has just richly blessed us. Uh, be Really, I mean, I, I started to say beyond our wildest dreams, but we all knew it was coming at some point. And so we're, we're fixing to take a quantum leap forward. You'll see that after the first of the year. It's going to be awesome. And so um, looking forward to it so that we can bring you the news, keep you up to date, and prepare people for the soon coming of Jesus Christ to this earth when he will establish his kingdom for the 1,000-year millennial reign. And so thank you much for following us. God bless you all. We'll get to the phones right after the break. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800 endtime That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME. Or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, I want to say I got a couple lines open. Number to reach me, 877-363-8463. Let's go straight to the phones. Let's go to Freddie in Ohio. God bless Freddie. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Good. Uh, I'm doing just like you. I'm t- doing tremendous, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I uh, just wanted to make a comment to you, and uh, this is it. I believe that God puts certain people in our lives on purpose to strengthen us, encourage our dreams, and share wisdom, laughter, and understanding to help us grow, become who we are, and who we're meant to be. When I reflect upon how God has gently brought me to this place, I just want you to know 
how grateful I am God brought you into my life. Yes, sir. Well, I feel the same way about you, Freddie. And what a great trip we had in uh, Israel, right? Yes. Amen. It was it was fantastic, marvelous. Just, Dave, I've been saved for 51 years. Yes, sir. And as soon after I got saved, I always wanted to go to Israel. And I waited and waited and waited. But anyhow, when I got connected with End Time Ministries... And um, you guys were having the groups yeah. uh, go over. I told Debbie, I says, honey, we need to go to Israel. So yeah. there is no other church or person that I would rather be with than you and Jana and the End Time Ministries team. You did your, your planning. Everything that uh, transpired was just awesome. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, I, I can't take credit for that. All I did was teach. But Jana puts it all together. She's the tour coordinator. And really, we attribute most of it to Irvin Baxter because he went 40-plus times. He started going back in 79, and basically we went through on the tours. Now, me and my wife, this is very cool that you're bringing this up. Me and my wife are getting Jana. They're fixing to do a program on the tour and because we've got a lot of people that we've got 50 some people that are already wanting to go next May. But uh, Irvin Baxter went through all the tours through all the years and he cut out this, cut out that. People that, you know, have been going for years, they just thought, well, you know, well, Jesus stubbed his toe. Let's go see this or this will happen. They can't really prove anything. My father-in-law cut all that out and we just go to all the very significant places. And Jan has been managing them for years and it really went off. It really was a really, really great trip. It's one of the best ones I've been on, not because I did the teaching, but because um, it we God has given us favor and He helps us. And we know yes. so many people in Israel. We got the Jerusalem Prophecy College. So yeah, it was a great trip. And I tell you what, Freddie, I'll never forget baptizing you uh, in the Jordan. What a great day that was! And I'll like Thank I told you, so you like I told you guys on the bus, the thing that you will remember. Is yeah, we'll remember, remember the Temple Mount and the, Mount, the Plain of Megiddo and all that. But the thing that you'll remember from the trip twenty years from now is the spiritual experiences that you had on the trip. And so um, those are the things I remember. And I've been there, I don't know how many times. So uh, I'll remember that about you as well, my friend. Dave, you are the rock of End Time Ministries. And that's why God is blessing you here at a home and abroad. You are doing a wonderful job. You and Jana, you are an amazing team. And all the people that are behind you are doing a wonderful job also. But Dave, you are God's man. And I, like I said, I just, I'm so grateful. God brought you into my life because I just, I love you so much. And we love you. Debbie and I love you and Jana and the team, and we're praying for you, and we will continue to support you until the Battle of Armageddon. Amen. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I want to say that we love you guys as well, um, and thank you so much. 
we do have a wonderful team here of people that God has brought together to teach and preach and share the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world until this thing wraps up. So um, I do thank you, my friend, not looking for any accolades. I just, I just want to be a servant of the Lord and uh, prepare people for the second coming. So You are doing that. Well, okay, I just got a couple small questions. Okay, <laughs> okay, and go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, that, I just wanted to make... To communicate that to you because I didn't have a chance at all. But anyhow, thank you. Um, I saw on uh, one of the uh, Christian stations that it was either Flashpoint or uh, Centerpoint uh, yep. a report that the uh, Euphrates River was dropping down. Yes. Do you have Do you have any new news on that? Well, so I I do I am familiar with that and I've been following that. However. There's a difference in the Euphrates River that is drying up in pockets because the Euphrates River is the principal water source for the Middle East. And yes. so if it dries up, you're going to have tens of thousands of people die. At this point, it is drying up in some places up and along there, but it's not the one that's prophesied about when you talk about the sixth vial in, in uh, Revelation 16. It's two separate events. That's going to be dried up on purpose to make way for yes. the kings of the east to come down uh, against Jerusalem to battle at the yes. Battle of Armageddon. But what's happening okay. now, it is dropping in some places, but it's not, it's not, it's not time for uh, the sixth vial of Revelation 16 to happen yet. Two different events. Yeah. Okay, yes, that's what I was wondering, if yes, it was sir. being done on purpose or if it was just happening on its own. Yeah, it is. Okay. I mean, it's not being done on purpose at this point. Now, there obviously Turkey has the Ataturk Dam, who can, will allow for them to dry that up. And and there are many times when they have threatened, "Hey, we'll shut off the the flow of the Euphrates River." Uh, however, at this point, that is simply not not what's happening. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Okay, I got one more little question. Okay. It's uh, Revelation thirteen seven. And it's where the Antichrist makes war with the saints. Yes. Now, now, is this, in your opinion or your belief, do you believe this is a physical war or is it a spiritual war? No, it's a physical war. Uh, this is the, okay. the, 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 when it talks about Revelation 13, 7, it's talking about the time of the Great Tribulation. And it's a physical yes. time when the Antichrist will make physical war because the Bible says in... One chapter back in Revelation 12, that there's a war in heaven, Satan is bound to the earth, right. and when he comes down, he persecutes the woman, which is uh, the Israel, which is the woman with 12 stars around her head, and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. So it's a physical war, not a spiritual war. Yeah. Yes, sir. And the, uh, the next scripture in 13 uh, says something about uh, that all those whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life will not uh, worship the Antichrist. And so he is going to make war with us because we won't, right? That's correct. Yeah, the Bible says okay. everyone will worship him whose name is not written not. in the Lamb's Book of Life, yes. right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes, well, sir. Thank you so much. For, right. I've been... I've been a little bit over my time, I know, but I just I just wanted to communicate you. Uh, thank you so much, Dave, for taking my call. All I right. love you. 
and I'll continue to be there for you. If you need anything, you get a hold of me. Okay, I'll do that. I love you too, my friend. God bless, and tell your wife we said hello, and until, until we meet again. Yes, sir. Okay, Goodbye. God bless. Thank you, Freddie, for the call. Um, got a lot of calls. Okay, let's go straight to Ralph in Ohio. God bless, Ralph. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Dave. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I don't get to listen to your program very often, but when I do, I, I, it's not the call-in day. So, yeah. Uh, Revelation twelve fourteen. Where are you get United States tonight? Okay, Revelation twelve fourteen. Yes. Okay, so the if you look back in Daniel chapter seven, the Bible yes. says that Daniel saw four beasts. The beast symbolized from Revelation seven seventeen and twenty three. The beast symbolized nations and the rulers of those nations, and it tells us that those nations would be in power at the time when the Ancient of Days would come back and establish His kingdom here on the earth. So at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the beast where Daniel saw was a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and a ten-horned beast. And these are nations. So the modern-day nation that Daniel saw was a... The lion was Great Britain. And the... Uh, because the, today's modern-day symbol of Great Britain is the lion. You can look at the satire cartoons. There's a million ways to prove that. Then he said, I beheld till the, the eagle's wings were plucked, made stand up on a feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And so that's the United States, the modern-day nation of the eagle that was plucked out of Great Britain. Very miraculous prophecy. Well, so okay. when you move off into Bible prophecy concerning the end time, the eagle is symbolic of the United States. When you go to Revelation 13, the different animal symbols are all mentioned there in the world governing body, but the eagle's wings are not mentioned. What happened to them? Well, if you jump back to Revelation 12, 14, the scripture in question here, it says, And the woman, Israel, was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for time, times and half a time. The eagle, representing the United States will stand with Israel and protect her against the world government throughout the end time. That's how we get the United States in Revelation twelve fourteen. Okay, well, if that's the case, Exodus nineteen four. Yes. The uh, United States was nowhere in the picture when it says the... Uh, yeah. Jesus said, you know how I carried you on the eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Yes, sir. So the book of Daniel. Yeah, the book of Daniel was written after that event happened. And again, the book of Daniel is referring to end time events at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's when he mentions that the eagle in end time prophecy is the United States. That was a symbolic view of eagle's wings back on back in Exodus, but obviously God didn't bring down a physical eagle to bring Israel out of Egypt. It was symbolic of what the Lord done. And so when you get into Daniel 7, it's symbolic of well as well. And it tells us what it's symbolic of. A, na- a modern-day nation, and that would be the modern-day nation of the United States that was taken out of the modern-day nation, which would be a lion, which was Great Britain. So there's a difference in Exodus and what 
um, Daniel 7 and Revelation 12 are referring to. Two different things. Okay, we're going on your theory then. Revelation is after Daniel. So uh, it says Revelation 13, 3, the whole world, not just one nation here, one there. Right. The whole world will give allegiance to the Antichrist. Correct. And also, 13, 7, and 8, Antichrist will rule over all people. Yes. And it's not... It's not excluding non-states. Yeah. So what it says in Revelation 13, 8 is that everyone will worship him whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So there will be people, specifically Revelation 13, 8 tells us that when it talks about the world governing body, yes, it will be the world collectively. However, if you look at every verse that pertains to this topic, it does give some qualifiers that um, say, okay, yeah, it does the whole world, but there will be a sect of individuals that are fighting against that. There are other prophecies that tell us the Antichrist will be making, that there will be people that trouble him, or he's making war all the way to the end. And so, yes, collectively as, though, as a whole, the world will follow after that individual, but there will be pockets of resistance all the way throughout the end time. you got to look at all of the verses pertaining to this topic, uh, and then you can, that's how we come to this conclusion. Oh, I understand that. I, uh, yeah. Those names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I understand that. I just, it, when, I, when I read it, it just don't say, uh, except for these people, or, this takes place, yeah. except for these people. When, when, when you look at um, Daniel chapter 12, or I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 11, verse 41 it says that these, when it's talking about the Antichrist, these shall escape out of his hand. The children of Moab, Edom, and Ammon. Well, that's the country of Jordan. So we know the country of Jordan, in my opinion, the United States, and the country of Israel will escape out of the hands of the Antichrist and the world government because the Antichrist at the Battle of Armageddon will come down against Jerusalem to battle. You do not invade a country that you already control. So in my opinion, prophetic-wise, I think there are three nations that will stand against the world government in the end time only because I read that in Scripture. Uh, I'd be surprised if we even are a superpower by then. Uh, I think God's going to show us He won't be mocked. I totally agree with that. Well... Dave, okay. I thank you for your time. All right, Ralph. Well, I do thank you for the call, my friend. I'm coming up on a break. And uh, great question. And so uh, we'll get straight back to the phones when we get back, everybody. God bless you all. Great questions. Thank you so much. And um, again, thank you for your patience and all of this construction phase that we're in. But I think you're really going to enjoy it when we get done. Uh, the new dynamics of everything. It's going to be awesome. God bless. Whether it's a global pandemic threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're going to go straight back to the phones. Let's go to Wade in Minnesota. God bless Wade. Welcome to End of the Age. Yeah, thanks a lot. Absolutely. Um, I had a question about Revelation 17, uh, verses 10 and 11. Yes, sir. I was just wondering if you could uh, clarify those two verses. Okay, so we'll read it for everybody here. The Bible says, Revelation 17, starting with 10. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is of the eighth and is of the seventh. And and he is the eighth and is of the seventh and going into perdition. What are we talking about here? So if you if you jump up to Revelation, let's so in Revelation 17 and 18, these are parenthetical chapters. They are chapters that describe the judgment of the great whore, the mother of harlots and all her daughters, the false religious system in the end time. Okay. In John 7, in Revelation 17, 3, the, um, John said, He took me and showed me a, into the wilderness He showed me a woman sitting on the back of a scarlet-colored, seven-headed, ten-horned beast. The woman symbolizing the false religious system in the end time. The beast symbolizing the world governing body of the Antichrist. It's laid out in uh, detail in Revelation 13, 1 and 2. The seven-headed, ten-horned beast. Well, then you get down to um, verse 7. Revelation 17, 7, and it says, The angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell tell you the mystery of the woman... And of the beast that carrieth her, which has the seven heads and ten horns. So he wants to explain to John, I'm going to tell you who the woman is, and that's the false religious system. And I'm also going to explain to you, give you more detail than just in Revelation 13 of who this seven-headed, ten-horned beast is. So then you get down to Revelation 17, 10, and 11. And he's basically explaining to him who this entity is. Now... There are two schools of thought here. I do not claim to have the answer to this, and 
But I'm going to tell you what the two schools of thought are. Because it could either be the world-governing empires and the image of world government that comes right here and culminates here. Because the Bible says in... Revelation, uh, or I'm sorry, in Daniel 2, that the world-governing empires, that the stone that was cut out without hands, and it rolls down out of the mountain and hits the image on the feet, and the entire world-governing image collapses. Okay? So some people have thought that these empires that have fallen would be all the way back to the world empires, Egyptians, Sumerians, the Babylonians, the uh, Medes and the Persians, the Grecians, the Romans, and then the Holy Roman Empire. And then it says, when it gets to, and he is the eighth, but he is also of the seventh. Well, the seventh would be the Holy Roman Empire, which was in power for about a thousand years from 800 A.D. to 1806 A.D. And then it was defeated when uh, Napoleon defeated King Francis II, and then it was defeated, but it was, has now been reborn uh, in November of 2009 with the signing of the Lisbon Treaty. The current European Union is the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire. It says here it, he is even the eighth and is of the seven and goes into perdition. Now, some people believe that it is a progression of world governing empires all the way to the end. And that kind of fits. But also when it's taught, when you go to Revelation, 7, uh, Revelation 13... It talks about specific um, entities that would be in power. And some people believe... Well, let me go back to my what I had up here. I want to show you something. Some people believe that it is the physical beast that I just went through from Daniel 7. The lion with eagle's wings, the bear, the four-headed leopard, the ten-horned beast. How does that all play out? Well, it says... Um, that when you look at the lion, that's Great Britain, the bear, Soviet Russia, the four-headed leopard, the four reichs of Germany, and then the dreadful beast, the, the world-governing beast in the end time, which is the revived Holy Roman Empire, the New World Order, uh, which will all the powers will swing to Europe before it's over with. There is a school of thought that says when, these, when this prophecy matures right towards the end, that... The five that are fallen. So the British Empire, uh, obviously it, it de- declined and fell after, um, what was that be, back in, at the end of World War II. You had um, the USSR, which would have been uh, based in um, Moscow, Russia. That fell in uh, 91 with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall just after that. The first and the second Reichs of Europe, um, the Holy Roman Empire, the German Empire, they're fallen. Hitler's Third Reich fell, 1945 obviously. That totals the five heads, the sixth head, um, the fallen Reich of the European Union, and now in power, the seventh head, the New World Order. I don't know if it's that or not. I tend to lean towards the first school of thought. However, can I, can I answer that conclusively? At this point, no, I cannot. We can only speculate because there's two schools of thought there, and I need to kind of give you an academic answer. Hey, here's the two schools of thought. You know, we'll see how this thing all pans out. Um, it, could, it, could, it could go either way at this point. I simply cannot give you a conclusive answer on that. 
uh, because it could be the world, you know, again, the world governing image, or it could be the specific world government that's in power at the very end. At this point, I don't know if I can answer that conclusively, Wade. Well, I sure appreciate uh, you telling me what uh, I think I got it now. As far yeah, yeah. As I'd lean towards the first one. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I actually would too as well. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks a million. I, I wish I could give you a conclusive answer, but I simply don't want to fabricate an answer that I don't know that I could prove. And that's why I got to tell you, I simply, at this point, I don't know. I appreciate it. All right. All right, Wade. Well, God, yes. Is that it? Yep. Okay. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for the call. Okay. Wow. Great questions, everybody. Uh, let's go to Chuck in California. God bless Chuck. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I heard another preacher speculate about um, the the great and awesome day of the Lord, you know, when uh, we see all the signs in heavens and the great earthquakes and, yes. and that sort of thing um, being a uh, indication of a polar shift. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it, it's a the- geological theory that um, – that the poles will shift, the North Pole will become the South Pole, and the South Pole will become the North Pole. And uh, scientists say that they've seen indications of this happening in the past, and um, they, uh, the theory is that we're overdue for uh, for that happening again. And, um, you know, especially in, you know, like in Romans 6, uh, 14, I think it is, where it talks about the sky being rolled up like a scroll, yeah, and you know the 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 earthquakes and the islands and and land masses being yeah. moved out of their places, uh, that sort of thing would seem like it would fit with that kind of theory. I just wondered if you'd heard that theory and if you're having an opinion on on it. Yeah, so I have heard of the polar shift. Um, do I think that's what it is? That would be speculation on my part. Again, unless I can prove it, I, I hate to give you a conclusive answer. Um, all I know is, is that in Revelation 6, what you referred to, when the heavens open up like they were rolled together like a scroll, that's the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's the sixth right. seal. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ. The, the islands and the mountains will all be moved out of their place. Will the... North Pole become the South Pole. I mean, that's a dramatic shift. The thing we got to realize here is that th- there will be there will be millions of people that live into the millennial reign as mortals. When you're talking about an earthquake so bad that it's going to move the North Pole down to the South Pole and you know really move the islands and everything. I mean, like from tear apart continents and things like that. I don't know if it will be that drastic. It's going to be the worst earthquake the world's ever known. I do know that. Uh, and it's going to be bad. I don't know if it will go as far as to be a polar shift, though. That would be purely speculation on my part. Uh, you know, because I know that there are going to be millions of people that live in the millennial reign. And so all I can do at, at this point, Chuck, is give you a scriptural answer because um, that's the only thing that I could prove at this point. Again, it would be speculation about the polar shift. Well, I, yeah, I know it's speculation, but I just thought it was an interesting theory and just wanted to see what yeah. you thought about that. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I do know it's going to be a, a crazy time, and I want to be immortal at that point. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. That's well, the main maybe thing. the rapture will happen just before that, and then yes, that yes. will be, you know, during the bowl judgment, and, and then we'll come back after that. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I, again, man, I, there's a lot of theories out there, uh, and that's why I'm so thankful. <clears throat> I've been uh, uh, having studied prophecy all these years. I'm thankful that it adds a clarity to this because I've been on a lot of radio uh, programs and television interviews and different things with people that had all these crazy far-out theories, and they say, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, the Bible just says this, boom, boom, boom. And that, that's, that adds so much clarity to the issue that we're talking about at the time or, or the, the theory or whatever. And they're like, wow, I didn't, I didn't really see it like that. So if we didn't have the prophecies, man, we would be lost. It would be like a, we'd be walking through a fog. But once you understand these prophecies, it really helps to, it, it adds clarity to everything. And so that's kind of when I'm on a, a, a radio or television interview, I tell the interviewer or the, yeah, the guy interviewing me or if I'm interviewing somebody, look, I'm looking at, every, at everything from a prophetic perspective because I know that these prophecies are going to come to pass in intricate detail. So um, on the polar shift thing, you know, I, uh, I, I don't know about that, but I know it's going to be a crazy time. I want to be raptured and looking at this thing from a whole different perspective, my friend. Well, that's a great perspective, Dave. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. We, we know the Bible's true, and, and uh, the prophecies are going to come to pass, and everything else is just speculating on the details. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. All right, thank you for my friend. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Clarence in uh, Massachusetts. God bless Char- Clarence. Wake, welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Dave, good afternoon, sir. I hope you guys are doing well. Doing great, Happy my friend. you. Yes. Good, good. Hey, Dave, uh, just a real quick question. Um, I heard you mentioning to one of your callers that, uh, or describing to the caller about the, uh, the eagle's wings and so on and so forth. Yes. Um, would you say from your perspective um, it is speculation? Um, or because um, in the past I've heard of this particular book of Daniel, of course I've studied it, um, I've gone uh, not intensely, but what I was been exposed to was that uh, there was a um, at one point in time Nebuchadnezzar had a, had a dream, and uh, he was given a statue, and the statue was referencing um, his empire. Then it talked about the Greek, uh, talked about Medes and the Persian. Yes, talked about the Romans. Um, yes, sir. Hey, uh, Clarence, can you ho- can you hold over the break? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, because you you got a great question here, and I want to clear all this up. Um, So if you can hold over the break, I'll get right back to you, and then we'll we'll answer your question because I know where you're going with it. I know exactly what they say, and then we'll uh, then we'll go from there. So uh, God bless you. Thank you, my friend. And I got some room open, everybody, if you want to call me. So um, look forward to it. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, welcome back, everybody. I am taking your calls. I am on my last call, believe it or not. So uh, I, got a, I can get a couple calls in here before the end of the program, one 363 8463 or I'll go back into my wonderful dialogue that I put together today of all them outlines uh, and questions. So, um, so, okay, Clarence, back to you, my friend. Um, please repeat your question for the callers. Okay, yeah. Again, thanks again. Um, yes. So uh, in the book of Daniel, I know it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Two parts: it's the historical and the prophetical. Yes. And um, I, I, my, my observation or learning or experience from, you know, what I've been taught uh, back back then was that um, Daniel uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he had a dream relative to his empire or his kingdom. And then you also had the different kingdoms. You had the Medes, Persian. You also had, I mean, the Greek, a Greek. Greece, and you also had Rome. Yes. Daniel was able to interpret that, that dream for him. Um, fast forward to his grandson, Belshazzar, uh, and Daniel himself now a few years away from returning back to his homeland. Yes. He also had a dream, and he's also seen the same thing. Um, um, so my question is, uh, it's in a different format because, you know, um, not necessarily what he saw what Nebuchadnezzar saw, but he's seen it, the same thing in a different format. Yes. Um, how could you, could, would you say it's a conclusion or it's a speculation from your perspective that when you talk about the eagle's wing being plucked from the lion, yes. that that is indeed America in prophecy? Yes. Okay. So. Is speculation or assumption or yeah. is verification? Okay. So, Clarence, very key question here, and I will tell you. I'm not speculating on this at all. The, there are, these are two separate entities. Now, there are a couple ways to prove that. When you have, in Daniel 2, Daniel saw a vision, or Nebuchadnezzar saw a vision, and then Daniel interpreted the vision. He said, Nebuchadnezzar, you saw a statue, and there was a head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron mingle with clay. He said, you, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. He said, these um, entities symbolize world governments that ruled the world during their known era. So, he said, you, Nebuchadnezzar, you're the head of gold. That was the Babylonian Empire. The, the mm-hmm. arms and breasts of silver, the Medes and the Persians, that defeated the Babylonian Empire during the um, night that Belshazzar had that feast and where there was a handwriting on the wall. Then, that ruled till the Grecians and Alexander the Great. That ruled till the Romans took over. And, you know, Rome ruled the entire world during um, Jesus' era. That's why there were Roman soldiers at Jesus' crucifixion. Then, you had, in 800 A.D., you had the birth of the Holy Roman Empire. The Roman Empire 
went out of, um, was uh, kind of pretty much imploded, went off the scene in about 284, 300 A.D. Then we went, but you had elements of that that lasted until 800 A.D. when the Holy Roman Empire was formed. It was a union of politics and religion. I'm not going to get into all that. But then that lasted for a thousand years to 1806. It was Napoleon defeated uh, King Francis II. And then it was reborn in November of 2009 when the European Union signed the Lisbon Treaty. So that was Nebuchadnezzar's vision. Global empires from the time of Nebuchadnezzar all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ, which would be the Holy Roman Empire. Now, there are people that teach Daniel 7 is a mere image of, of Daniel 2, which they say the lion uh, with eagle's wings was... Um, the lion was Babylon, the bear was Media Persia, the four-headed leopard was uh, Greece, and then the Holy Roman Empire was the Roman Empire, or the, the, ten, the ten-horned beast was the, Holy, was the Roman Empire. But that simply is not the case. There's two ways to prove that. The, in Daniel 8, it reveals a ram fighting with a he-goat. And in Daniel 8, 20 and 21, it says, The ram which thou sawest having two horns are the kings of Media Persia, and the rough goat is the king of Grecia. And so, it so says it right there. Yeah, so it tells you right there who, what these beasts symbolize here. It, there's a differentiate, yeah. but there's two ways. I'm going to tell you this one, then I'll tell you the other one. And it, so it contradicts that theory that. The Daniel 7 was a mere image of Daniel 2. I know there was a guy named Clarence Larkin and some different people that taught that, but that's simply not the case. Let me give you another proof. The empires that ruled the world were from Babylon all the way back in, what, 600 B.C., all the way throughout time to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The one, the one empire that would be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, was the Holy Roman Empire. That's why the powers of the current New World Order are going to swing to Europe over a period, after a period of time. However, in Daniel 7, Daniel specifically tells us that these beasts, which symbolize nations, would be on the earth and in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the Babylonian Empire with Nebuchadnezzar, that's gone. The Medes and the Persians with King Darius and Cyrus, that's gone. Alexander the Great's Grecian Empire, that's gone. And the Roman Empire with the Caesars and the gladiators and the Senate and all that, that's gone. So, so what particular, sorry to interrupt your thought for Yeah, go ahead. What particular verse says that Daniel said that this will be, those rulership will be on the earth until the coming of our Lord of Jesus Christ? Yeah. So a particular I'll t- verse in scripture. What, what, what I want to. That's very important. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll take you there. No. Let me let me bring my deal back up here because I moved it. Sorry about that. If you go to Daniel chapter seven, the Bible says when it's talking about this entity here, the 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 beast in Daniel seven eight. It talks about the fourth beast, or the ones with the, the one with the ten horns, and it says, "I beheld, uh, I consider the horns, and behold, there came up among them a little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. Behold, in this horn were the eyes uh, like a, eyes of a man, the mouth speaking great things." This is when it's right there to the end, and it's talking about the Antichrist. 
And then it says in verse 9, this is the scripture. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. You understand, when the Lord comes back at the seventh trumpet, that the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. The human human government's going to be done away with. That's the same thing that's talked about here in verse 9. Daniel said, I beheld till these thrones, these governments, till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, hair as the head of wool, and the throne was like a fiery flame, and his wheels as a burning fire. This is when the Lord will come back to establish his kingdom here on earth. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Daniel 7, these empires would be in power, these nations would be in power when the second coming occurs. But the Daniel seven and verse nine. You Daniel said, right? seven verse nine is your verse. Oh, Daniel seven verse nine. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I'm not trying to refute what you're saying. I just yeah. need key things, pointers to go by, just in case I have to. Because uh, I'm going to be on a Bible study tonight. Yes. And I know that this particular subject matter is going to come up too. Daniel seven so nine Daniel is your 7, verse. verse nine. Okay. Yep. And so with that being said, you know, everything that you know, really holds you up, I know you got a lot of flaws, but yeah. uh, so it brings up to the, the eagle's wing being plucked. So that, the, that eagle's wing is verifiable, verifiably America in Bible yeah. prophecy. Yeah, the Bible in Daniel 7, verses 17 and 23, it says that these beasts symbolize nations and the rulers of those nations. So when you look at these, oh. impo- these uh, beast symbols, Daniel said, I saw a, a, in, that these would be in power at the time of the second coming, just prior to, that there would be a nation that would be the leopard, and it, ha- it would have the nation as the symbol of the eagle that was plucked out of it. Well, it, there's okay. no other nation on the earth that was symbolized a symbol of a lion and an eagle was plucked out of it. A nation with the symbol of an eagle was plucked out of it. That's Great Britain and the United States, case closed. Okay. Yep. And lastly, who's the who's the gentleman you referred to that says his T.G. Clarence? What, please? Yeah, his there was a guy that wrote a book in the early 1900s by the name of Clarence Larkin, and he wrote a book called Dispensational Truth. He talked about all this stuff, but he got his foundations of his prophecies off. And when you build a house and you build a foundation, if you get your foundation off, everything you build up is off. So that's what Clarence Larkin. His foundational prophecies were off a little bit, and everything he stacked on top of it, it sounded good, but it doesn't line up with Scripture. And so my father-in-law, early on, he studied Clarence Larkin. And then he got over to a point where uh, Clarence Larkin referred to, uh, when he gets into spiritualism, he referred to speaking, receiving the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues as being of the devil. And my father-in-law oh. looked at that and said, whoa, 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 hold on, I know that in Acts chapter 2, when they received the Holy Ghost, they spoke in tongues. But Clarence Larkin said that was of the devil. So he said, if he's that far off on that, then wow, I need to go back and look at all the rest of this. And he did, and, and he started seeing, wow, that doesn't line up with Scripture. That don't line up. And then he start, God started showing him all these things. And so we moved clear away from Clarence Larkin at that point. The thing is, mm-hmm. Clarence Larkin's book went into a lot of seminaries and Bible colleges and a lot of people got their mm-hmm. beliefs, they were taught that as mm-hmm. fact, when in fact, he was a little off. I know a lot of people teach that today, but I simply mm-hmm. cannot, cannot go with that because I know he was so far off on some things, you've got to go back and look at the rest of it to say, wow, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's okay. where we're at. That's history. All right, Dave. 
Yeah. I don't want to take up much of your time, man. And uh, thanks again. God, God <laughs> bless, my friend. Buddy. All right. God bless, Clarence. Thank you. All right. Wow, everybody. Great questions. Let's go to um, let's go to Lisa in Florida. God bless, Lisa. Welcome to Into the Age. Hi, Dave. Um, real quick. Um, so my question had to do with um, people who actually take the mark of the beast and they live into the millennium because we know that their power is taken away, but they were still able yeah. to survive. Yes. So the ones who maybe, maybe, maybe did not take that mark um, and somehow managed to not get killed, are they going to have a chance? I was wondering for salvation once it goes into the next dispensation of the millennium. Kind of a weird question because I don't know why I was under the assumption Everybody was going to be killed with the false prophet and the Antichrist, but I know they're not now. So, yeah. So the when when you look at I'm trying to find you a verse here. So the in Revelation 14, mm-hmm. the Bible says, and the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, "If this is uh, 14 verse 9." If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in, their fore, in his forehead and in his hand, the same, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and who receives his mark in, uh, um, and receives the mark of his name. So... As a result of that, I cannot tell you that somebody who in this dispensation took the mark of the beast will be able to be saved in the next dispensation. The Bible says that they will not be. And right, so, I was just wondering if they survived and not had, maybe God, you know, somehow didn't get that mark. Um, yeah, so if, if they survived and didn't get the mark, that's a whole other question. Um, I hate to do this. I'm coming up to the end of my program, but uh, it appears there will be some kind of a, a plan of salvation in the um, in the millennial reign. What it is, I don't know. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.